Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Crowcast Podcast. I'm Shane. Hey, I'm Ronnie. And these are the audio versions of the interviews we've had with our special guests on Crowcast. This episode is with Pete Bailey. Oh, mate, I'm so glad we managed to reschedule. Pete ended up being an absolute pearler, which the Crow family enjoyed. Um, what did you think? Amazing, but like you said, it's taken a few weeks because um, our schedules didn't kind of work. Um, so, yeah, really great to finally get him on and have a chat about where he's been, you know, what it takes to be um, a presenter on radio and stuff. But it kind of went deep, man, and I wasn't expecting that. And it was um, a really sort of uplifting um, conversation. Yeah, I agree. I resonated with a lot of it. Um this is available also on our YouTube channel because um, obviously we edit it for the the audio version of Crowcast. But yeah, mate, something that I really enjoyed. I'm glad we've known Pete for for quite a long time via Primordial. Uh, they've always supported the Crows. Uh, we got really deep into that tonight, um, and we got deep into how it became Primordial, the passion that's driven behind it. And I'm really, really looking forward to seeing them again now in April uh, when we do the the show for them. Yeah, man. It's going to be a banger. Cool. Let's get into it. Here we go. Strap in. This is Crowcast Podcast. We are close! Shall we have a guest? Yes, let's do so. Uh, Crow family, please welcome the wonderful human being, Mr. Pete Bailey. Hello. Hey, what's up, Pete? It's good to know I'm a human being and not some sort of alien. <laughs> well, you never know. Do you know, I'm saying that a lot lately. I don't know where I picked that up, but I'm saying it a lot. <laughs> I find when you do all those sort of intros, they're very subconscious. You get them from you know other presenters or other podcasts. And yeah, you, you don't quite know where they've come from, but take solace in the fact that we all steal from each other so it's fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> so where are you two brother are you you're in you're in your studio where you pretty much spend the majority of time i am i am indeed uh so yeah i'm in stratford uh, in manchester so i'm about five minutes from old trafford cricket ground uh so yeah literally just around the corner obviously you guys came here uh yeah. you know, pre-covid which seems like you know a lifetime ago now um so yeah, I spend like the vast majority of my of my time in the studio, and it was kind of like that before COVID, but sort of COVID it, it accelerated it. But you know, now we're allowed out again. I try and sort of forcibly, you know, take myself out. You know, get back to the gigs, and yeah, you know, as 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 nice as it is to work from home, it's always yeah. good to get out of the goddamn house as well. Yeah, I was going to say you must have spent a fortune on that chair. That's got to be one comfy chair. Uh, it was, you know, actually, I don't think it was too bad because it wasn't, it's not like one of the branded ones. Because, like, some of the gaming chairs, you see Ooh. some of the the really big, like, Call of Duty streamers, and you think, oh, yeah, their stream looks great. Well, how much is that? <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, they get into like five, six things. Like, wow. Um, but yes, yeah, so it wasn't like the branded gaming chair, but it's like, it's, it's pretty good, though. Um, it, it's not very rock and roll to say, but good posture is important <laughs> when you're working at home every day. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very much needed. <laughs> uh, 
Well, especially with yourself, uh, you know, if you're working from there as well. I forgot you live by Old Trafford, actually. That's yeah, pretty handy, yeah. You know, in the future when I'm visiting the the best football team in in Great Britain at the moment. What? Oh, are you? Um, <laughs> what? Are you? Are you? Are you a Man United fan? I am actually, but that's you great. Are, to know okay, you live right, so well, close. That's great. Let's hear football chat then, because uh, I believe the Newcastle fans say we're the you know we're the real United. You see. <laughs> united are anything but united right now uh, it's seemingly so it's seemingly so my, my friends from home and like in our whatsapp group they're all man united fans so i'm always teasing them about it and uh yeah <laughs> i haven't had much to sing about for a long time but i have at the moment of course but you know i'll enjoy it whilst i can <laughs> No, I genuinely forgot we visited you um, and you were so close because I think mm. I went up a couple of weeks ago to watch um, and parked uh, right by the cricket ground. That's, oh, that's kind literally, of the... you would have been like five minutes. Honestly, next time, just pop round and, and, and come in for a broom. It'd be, it'd be great Love to see you. You're more than welcome. I'm, Love that. I'm genuinely around the corner from the cricket ground. <laughs> I couldn't believe how many people were renting their drives. That was a, that was a mad experience. Oh, man, I need to get on that. But then again... <laughs> I don't own this house. I rent this house. So I'm, I'm, you know, can I do that cheekily on the sly or is it worth being booted out by my landlord? Probably not, I guess. Um, but <laughs> that's a good idea though. Cause yeah. yeah, the amount of people, we actually have to, um, so the, 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 the council here, they give us this book of, of tickets. And so whenever someone's visit on match day, they have to put the permit out. And yeah, if you don't have these things, you, you will get fined right here. Like they, they love a good scalp around here, the, the ticket folks. Oh, wow. Bloody hell. Yeah, well, I'll just be hitting you up, mate. Well, yeah, do it, man. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it that way. For for anybody who didn't keep track, obviously, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on because this should have happened in November. Um, and obviously, COVID happened and a ton of other things. And then we ended up in the studio. So it's great that we've managed to reschedule it. Um, and like me and you were talking on the email and life has got back to semi-normal which is phenomenal and you're now back at gigs how's that been for you yeah really good really good because as i said earlier and and firstly as well yeah thank you for having me man yeah i've been loving your your podcast i guess you're sort of kind of i've been because obviously interviewing a lot of bands myself sometimes what i forget to do is just watch uh and and just enjoy so i kind of have been like a bit of a what you might call a silent majority person i really enjoyed your chat with uh with emma and john from bauer and jack uh, j hutchinson just a few off the top of my head that were really really great um so yeah thank you so much for having me I, honestly it's so cool to be here but um like getting back to like some sort of normality again has been good because when I started working at home in 2017, so I had about a couple of years sort of getting used to it, but it was always really balanced out by life. Uh, and so it would be, you know, you know, gigs or even you know, just getting on holiday for a little bit or whatever it might have been. So to have that then just become like 24-7. Um, so my experience of, 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 of the pandemic was a bit of a work fest, actually, because uh, I didn't really know what else to do other than and keep myself busy and if i wasn't you know if i wasn't working i'd be you know be reading the news too much so i probably went into a bit of overdrive with with work mainly just because i could and i also considered myself lucky because so many people weren't able to work so my, you know my girlfriend was one of those people she worked at um uh ticket master and then you know it all kind of went pear-shaped so i considered myself very lucky but i think i i, I took it too far uh and then now I'm kind of like, right, need to get back to life. And, you know, 
get get out the office at you know at six of the studio and go even if it's just like just go to the pub for an hour on like a wednesday and you know just 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 get out um so it's taken a little while to sort of reintegrate actually uh back into that because i think you guys might might appreciate when you have access to do all of these tools it's very tempting just to never put them down and to keep working and to never stop working um but i'm slowly but surely sort of getting back to a bit of normality and going actually yeah remembering what life was like before all of this and going it wasn't normal to work 8 a.m to you know 8 p.m 9 p.m most days so i, I think yeah. that's kind of where i'm at now and uh yeah and well i'm, I'm you know and, and katie will half the time just pop her head in and just go boy <laughs> 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 out <laughs> so that's always good that's a great excuse to go to the pub though fair play that's yeah. top draw <laughs> absolutely absolutely there's a couple of good local ones out there as well <laughs> I think I think we've talked about it on you, man, of like, I think after the first lockdown, we went for a beer um, and we met up myself, Shane and a couple of friends. And it was just so the sense sensory of it, like, you know, it's just something that you took for granted. And I don't take it for granted anymore. Like, if anything, I think since that that outing, uh, which ended up quite bad for myself because, like, we ended up having a tie and a few too many whiskeys. But it was just such an incredible... I don't know. I just can't can't explain it. Like, you know, just being contained and, like, life was like this for so long. And then you kind of forgot how easy it was just to say yes and go for a beer down the pub or come away from your work and, and actually enjoy living. So I think it's important what you just said and start start living like you know that was yeah the main start thing. living reintegrating i think as, as you guys are getting ready for the podcast i heard you mention something about download pilot and i was uh i was thinking back to uh, you know back to that because i suppose there's been a bit of a reintegration period now but download pilot was was the that, that euphoria moment where it was like right and there hadn't been anything up until then and that so you mentioned about like the sensory thing of being really weird i mm. remember going into download pilot thinking i haven't like hugged anyone or done anything for for months and i was actually a bit nervous myself thinking oh like i'm gonna see people who are friends like is that gonna be weird 10 minutes in i was like oh it's fine like it's good yeah. uh and it was yeah the whole weekend was just was just was just brilliant it's, it's mad dude because we did a gig in birmingham last week and um as we were driving up ronnie's by the side of me and we passed the pub that we went into for lunch when COVID was at its worst and, and they were kind of just opening the doors to have um, a meal and me mm. and Ronnie were sitting on the table and it was like, we're sharing food. And even that was just, it blew Ronnie's mind. But doing the gig last week, we kind of forgotten about it. Until we passed the pub, do you realize, oh my God, remember when we, remember when it was really strange just sitting down and having a meal? <laughs> like, and that's just like the standard normal, yeah. normal thing. Yeah, and I think it's going to be really interesting, say, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years, and yeah. we'll be talking back in this period, and you will you might mention to someone the term social distance gigs, and yeah. relative, you know, new bands in 20 years' time, be like, what? Be like, oh, no, yeah, we had to gig with, you know, we had to do, like, rock and metal gigs in tables of five. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a weird thing to, to look back on. The only thing, I, you know, you can't look back at that and go, well, there's... You just great tenacity, you know, to, yeah. to keep it going either way, even if it was just tables of five. Um, because I did see quite a few bands doing that. Uh, I guess it was better than nothing ultimately, and it did help 
you know, uh, keep things going in in that in between. But it is weird. I don't know what you mean. It is weird to kind of look back and I go, oh, I almost can't believe that we were doing that. It's crazy. And yeah, and how, how quickly it became normal. That's another mm. thing. How quickly that that situation was normal, and then to do what we took for granted was not normal. It was abnormal, and it was just <laughs> a total head fuck. But um, yeah, man, I think I think we're on. Well, there's nothing much more we can do now. We've, if you know, you all had your jabs, and I just think we just got to go for it now, man. And then all the gigs are coming back in, um, including the one for Primordial, which was super stoked. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah, genuinely cannot wait for that. It's uh, and it's been oh, it's been a very very odd journey to to kind of get to this point. So, the so it's called the Primordial General Mayhem. So we started out, uh, and I guess a, a little bit of context on this with Primordial is that we're a little bit different set up as a radio station in that uh, we're funded by by memberships and in the very beginning, uh, shareholders. So there's about half of our members are shareholders and uh, own uh, a piece of the company. And so we decided, oh, well, we're going to have an AGM. Uh, you know, AGMs usually are very, very boring affairs. They're going, oh, is your P&L and, you know, is the, the yeah. all of the quarterly figures. We thought, all right, well, well, we'll do that. But I'll tell you what we'll also do. We'll also have a gig. Uh, so the first gig we did, it was uh, back in 2018. Uh, it was, uh, it was I'm trying to think now, headlining was, it was the Virgin Marys. So the Virgin Marys headlined uh, Massive Wagons and Big Boy Bloater in the Limits. And it was uh, 300 people. Uh, and we organized it. So we were in the January of, of 2018 and we knew we wanted to do the gig in April just because that's, cause it was an AGM. It's kind of where the tax year fell. We were right. Well, we best do it in April. And we got to, we got to January and we thought we, we need, really need to book this venue. <laughs> and so we went from not having anything booked by like the end of January to hosting the gig uh, in about, it must have been about, yeah, uh, just under three months, something like that. So, so that was a really crazy blitz. Um, then we had the second year, which was great because we had Massive Wagons back as a co-headline with Evil Scarecrow, uh, which was brilliant. Like, that was so much fun. Um, we had Scarlet Riot and Millie Manders. Uh, and then we booked Skin Dread, and then COVID hit, and we had to wait two years uh, for, for Skin Dread in the end. Uh, and then the Skin Dread show happened in September of last year. And then, so that was on a... And that's been a bit of a head fuck for us because we waited two years for that AGM and we made it happen. We thought, right, because we had to push it to September. So it was in September last year. And we thought, right, okay, we want to get back in on track. We'll get back to April. So that now we're having two AGMs in the space of, of, uh, of, of six months, essentially. But as it's grown, uh, we've kind of, we sort of, we dropped the, uh, the, the the meeting part of it now. So it's just the primordial general mayhem and the basically the gig part, all the fun part just kind of took over it all really. And uh, and now it's yeah, <laughs> yeah to twenty, but we just have oh, fuck it. Like no one's coming for the no one's coming for the P and L. No one's coming. Um and so we, we, we do those on Zoom now. Which it, actually that was one of the benefits because we had to figure out how to still do uh the AGM whilst we were in lockdown. And so we did it via Zoom and actually in that instance, we actually figured out it was uh, it was a better way to do it. Uh, so we just continued on doing that. We thought, right, screw it, we'll continue on. Uh, and then, yeah, so now we're yeah we're back in April with um, with you guys uh, headline on the Friday and and dinosaur pileup and uh, yeah, um, Devin, not quite sure, still don't know how 
Moose blagged that one. There's a bit of a backstory on that. Incredible, so, um... incredible. <laughs> There's a bit of a backstory on that one. Uh, in that, um, so Moose is uh, from Vancouver over in Canada. Uh, so Moose is our breakfast presenter, and he's also the CEO at Primordial Radio. Uh, so Moose uh, is from Vancouver, and I'm pretty sure Dev's from pretty much the same way as well. Um, but our voiceover for the radio station uh, is a guy called Bill Courage. Um, so uh, when I'm saying like the voiceover for the station, the bits in between the songs here on all radio stations, <laughs> primordial radio. Uh, he's <laughs> yeah. a really like deep voice guy. He's an absolute legend. Um, so, but Bill is also, as well as doing like our stuff, he does like stuff for like big films, big cinemas. Uh, and he did the voiceover for Dev's uh, Royal Albert Hall show the first time around in about 2014. And, um, and, and he did the voiceover for the whole Devin Townsend album. And so the three of them know each other uh, quite well. And there's sort of this kind of, uh, there's this weird thing going on. Like they're all pretty fun. Like Dev's weird, Moose is weird, Bill's weird. They're all fucking weird, right? <laughs> but in the best kind of way. And then um, Devin obviously headlined Bloodstock Festival. Uh, last year and somehow moose ended up on stage as part of the choir and i don't know what moose said on that on that stage of that choir but whatever happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's he got on there i don't know i don't know what's going on there but he, he had something in his back pocket and uh, managed to convince them to do an acoustic set for us so yeah we're so looking forward to that i think i should that's a brilliant story and and like tell us more about primordial so how yeah. did you get involved with it was were you there right from the start or yeah so this goes back even further so do you guys remember the station team rock yeah yes yeah yeah so uh we were all a part of team rock back in the day um so yeah. moose was the no, so team rock as a company yeah. Uh, was a much larger entity that owned Metal Hammer magazine, Classic Rock magazine, Prog magazine, and it also had radio station. So Moose was the head of the radio station. Uh, Jewsbury was the drive time presenter. Um, I started out as a producer uh, at Team Rock and then eventually ended up as head of music, uh, much to Jewsbury's disdain because I essentially unseated him from that role. <laughs> at Team Rock. And we still we still joke about it today, but it's all good. Um, so, yeah, so we were all part of, of Team Rock from 2013 to 2016. And for so many reasons uh, of, of which it would take a podcast in of its own, uh, it did fail quite spectacularly in the end. And it, it, it didn't it didn't work out. Um, uh, which was a real, real shame. Uh, but what we 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 came out of that thinking um, that it would probably there was a large feeling from all of us going, this is probably the end of the road for us, uh, and we were going our separate ways. Um, and like I was actually in tears uh, when Team Rock collapsed because we'd all put so much into it and it, it basically collapsed overnight so it was quite a shock to the system and we all we all had like a big emotional connection to it um so then there was this period uh, in the summer of 2016 when we all kind of knew it was over and we were kind of i guess doing a bit of soul searching going is that it is that the end of it or is there another way is there a way in which we can do this ourselves can we do this ourselves is there anybody interested would anybody be interested um to, to have a radio station like team rock but perhaps a little bit different so it started out with with moose and jews in um in moose's living room there's a 
the sort of infamous story of Moose's gin drink drinking chair, uh, where the pair of them were, you know, just having a few berries. And then, you know, I came just, you know, just shortly after that. And then, so we started Primordial Radio as a podcast initially. Uh, and we started out very, very uh, ground up because the one thing that we had no idea about was whether actually anybody cared or not, which was, you know, quite a, it was a bit of a scary thing at the time because it's you, you sort of put yourself out there a bit and going, well, does, does anybody give a fuck? And then the answer could be no. You're like, oh. <laughs> and I'm sure it's like that, you know, when you start gigging as a band. And I've, I've said many, many times that I think for a band that it's so much harder playing to 10 people than it is to 1,000. Sure. Um, so, like, it was kind of like that for us in those early days. So we started out as a podcast, and we were going, well, we're thinking about doing this. Would you be interested? And, yeah, we had the socials, and we started building it up. Um, and then we we did something called The Long Road to Bruin, which basically was a pub crawl. Um, and we went to, I think it was 30 cities in seven days. Um, so we split up the three of us. So I, I went to seven cities uh, uh, Jews went to seven cities, Moose, and then we went to a few other places. Um, and basically, yeah, it was, it was uh, a massive, uh, it basically was a, a, a huge pistol. But really, actually, what we were doing was speaking to people and finding out if we were to do this, would you be interested? And that was really interesting because we got to see um, and really get to know like the actual community and the actual people behind it rather than it being a right we're going to do a research survey on, on facebook and you yeah. know and find out does anyone interest me? right we're going to sort of press the flesh and we'll go and, and find out and we actually I, I was flat broke at that point and 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 couldn't even afford um you know a hotel or anything so i was relying on the community to put me up and uh, I'll, I'll never forget southampton so went to southampton and literally one person turned up. Uh, one person turned up, Carl Dyke, uh, and me and him sat in the pub for about three or four hours. And I was talking to him about Primordial, and then he put me up for the night, and then I, I went on, and then there was two people in Cardiff for me, <laughs> so I doubled my audience. Uh, and then by the time we got to Birmingham, there was maybe like 30 people for, for us, and it, it sort of um, was gaining a little bit of momentum just on that particular one. Um, so we kind of got a sense from that that yeah that the, the that there was essentially uh, a, a demand um and there certainly was a a hunger uh, to have a rock and metal station in the uk that was going to play the music that we we wanted to do and have all the freedoms and that sort of thing so then we put um like a proper business plan together and we did a, a, what's called a cedars campaign so so cedars is basically you know crowdfunding um, but equity, so it's you know, you're you're not donating money, you're buying shares. Uh, so on the first raise in 2017, we raised 135,000 uh, pounds, and that got the company off the ground. Um, so then that was um, we were able then to buy the tech to get the radio station up, uh, and also as well just to be able to pay ourselves a ways to run the thing. Uh, and then we ran that for um, about a year. I think that was 18 months. And then we did a second raise. Uh, which got 120,000 pounds, and then we've been building uh, steadily uh, since then. Um, you know, then we started adding more presenters, doing more gigs, um, doing much more on social. Um, obviously, we did the gig with you guys, uh, Rebellion, um, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and it has, you know, and then really, it's it's sort of you know ballooned um, from there, and you know, everything from. You know, we've also done you know, uh, lots of our own merchandise and, and stuff like that. Um, so it's been a very, very grassroots um, campaign to get the radio station to where it is 
today. Very, very unconventional, um, but certainly wouldn't change a single bit of it. I do feel like we actually have kind of done it the way in which a lot of bands start yeah. out with like nothing and, and, just, and just rapping. Yes, totally organic. Literally, I love that comment you just said. What was it? Press the flesh, was it? Yes, yeah. That's that's, yeah. A, that's a great name for an album. I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, press the flesh. Yeah. Write it down. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I I love that dude because you know everybody can talk the talk, but it's the people that actually get up and go and do it. I I'm I love that. Like, because everyone's got the best ideas in the world, and on paper it looks fantastic. But you know, I think that's sometimes why. You can have a business plan and on paper it looks incredible, but if you don't do your, your research and actually get to know your clientele, so to speak, mm. you, 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 you're, you're fucked. Um, no matter how much money you put into it, it's got to, the, the need and the want and desire has got to be there first and build off fast. So congrats, man. It's exactly like a band. Exactly yeah. like a band. Yeah, and it's been exactly like a band in that there's been many, many ups and downs as well because I'm <laughs> yeah. sure you'll know when that euphoria you probably had when you maybe sold out your first ever gig as those time of crows. He thought, all right, it's played sailor. They're like, oh, and then the grind and the ups and the downs. Exactly. And, Coming uh, on stage he, and saying, are you ready? Fuck off. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and we definitely have had that. So um, certainly in the, uh, I, I guess because it's different because our biggest challenge, like, so I think, you know, when, when it comes to a band, the biggest challenge is winning over who someone, who just does not know you. So probably for, for yourselves, it's like winning over uh, the, uh, a download festival crowd. Okay, sure. you, you'll probably, to be fair, you'll have a good amount actually there for you now. But the first time you played download, mm. you, you probably were playing to a lot of new people. Uh, or even if you're going out on a big su- support tour, um, you know, you see it with bands like Maiden and, and, and Slayer yeah. when they were touring. It's like really hard to win over those those fans. And so that's been like sort of our experience as well because because radio has always traditionally been free. Um, certainly in the minds of how people have their relationship with radio because mm. um, the BBC is funded via the license fee. I think sometimes people do forget that um, the BBC radio stations are paid for via the TV license. So so there is some sort of mechanism of finance there. But yeah. for the most part, people still view it as free. Uh, and then, of course, for the commercial stations, they're funded by advertisements. So the, the big problem that we faced in all of this was that because in terms of the music we play it's very broad and it is heavy like you know we will play uh everything from like you know behemoth to you guys uh and you know bands like neck deep and so it's a real yeah. broad mix of everything you'll get within like the whole universe of rock and metal that actually isn't too uh appealing to advertisers um yeah. because advertisers want like the biggest audience possible but we felt that it was appealing to rock and metal fans and so it was, it's still quite a jump for people um, to go like, if you want this, yeah, you will have to pay for it. So it's $5.99 a month for £60 a year. And I understand like subscriptions, you know, fatigue and, uh, and, and stuff like that. But for us, it's not just so much about like, hey, give us your money. Okay, that would also be good. You know, give us your money, please. <laughs> <laughs> All this shit's not going to pay for itself. Uh, and, and, and those pop girls won't pay for themselves either. Um, for us, actually really what it was about is um it was a lot to do with the power structure um so genuinely our boss is my boss is all of the members of the station 
And yeah. so if they're not happy about something, they'll let us know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're shareholders, they're, they're members, which is a completely different relationship to the way it goes with advertisers. Now, I'm not having to dig at the way in which commercial stations run because they can make it work for them and, you know, weld them them. Um, but if advertisers aren't happy about something, they, they, will, they will step in and go, we don't want this music on the station. Mm. And it will come off. And that yeah. for us was just like, that was a point of principle we couldn't concede that was like no that's not why we're here like yeah. if you wanted to do that um you know i could just go and get a gig at capital or whatever but that's not why i'm here yeah if i can't if i can't riff about the music that i love if i can't introduce people to amazing new bands you know like like yourselves over the past few years and others that are coming up now it's just not worth my time yeah. um but having that infrastructure in place is required so for us, it was just, yeah, so much more about putting the community literally in charge of it yeah. um, and funded by them. And then that means we are beholden to no one yeah. but the listeners of the station. Um, it's, so that, it's, in... it, it's a difficult message to get across. But I think when we get when we do get it across, um, people do you know start to become receptive. I love it, dude. It's like power to the people and you're all in the same boat. If one fails, you all fail. You're all a part of it. Dude, it's almost like the country should be run like that too. I'm like, I, I can feel myself getting all worked up here because the current state of affairs in this bastard country, like the politicians and stuff, like can you imagine? I, I don't even think there's a choice. It's an illusion. Politicians and governments are put there to make you think you've got a choice. You either vote this or you vote that. But imagine the power of the, if the people in the same logically the same way as this radio station's made and we all had the same we're putting money into it it's not the, the politicians just like a fucking oh what do you want and then you vote for it you don't fucking get it anyway or oh, changes in the manifesto like if, if it's all bullshit i'm gonna go on a rant to you now because i can feel yeah like... i have to be careful with politics because <laughs> <laughs> i mean like any, i think everyone's got their their views uh i guess generally i try to to stay out of it um not because i don't want to speak up on certain issues but more i found that um i think when i was a bit younger when i was maybe about like 23 24 i was like tweeting and facebooking a lot about politics and i found that i was just getting dragged into endless arguments uh, about it and, and yeah. it wasn't really necessarily actually making much difference so i, I I'm, I'm perhaps uh I sort of quietly support my causes now so donate to to, you know, to various charities and Dude, um, i don't i don't know, yeah, I'm not even sitting here like highly political. I'm just sitting here almost. People think they've got a choice, and 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 the only time people have choice is when they take control of what they spend their money on and the choices yeah. they make individually. And that's what I'm getting at. So you, you organically have brought this to the community, and the rock community is like no other. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, like they yeah, all yeah, yeah. stick together, and I would take them over any sports jocks than. Because like they they are in with you. If they're with you, they they're right on your shoulder. So it's that really. The minute you give people the the choice and power where they spend their money and they can dictate on how they want to see things, like an organization like a radio, I think that's the future. I think having this higher hierarchy where you know you you think you've got a choice and you think if I if I vote for this person, they're gonna see through for me. They they fucking don't. Get yeah, rid of it all. In, in Scrap politics, it all. Like uh, the the main issue that I can see is just there's so much corruption in the background that you can't see. Like money buys you a lot of influence, and I've always exactly. had. Uh, um, I've always thought the whole way in which lobbying works is 
you know, very strange to me. I get that you, you can have you know, good companies lobbying, I guess, but it depends on your view of what is good. But I've always found it very, very strange that, um, yeah, money buys you access and privilege to to politicians. Like, ah, I kind of thought that's what the manifesto and our votes were really about. So money's that's definitely it. a corrupter when it comes to politics, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you completely, particularly about, you know, the, the, the false choices that, that, that are out there. Um, yeah. But certainly I think the more power that you can put back into, into people's hands, people shouldn't be scared of that either. Um, so like particularly, yeah, I've worked for a lot of different uh, media uh, companies and organizations over the years and I've genuinely in you know, boardrooms, you know, there's been laughter about going, Oh, <laughs> no, what you want to know what the people think? God, no. Um, yeah. like I've, I've genuinely heard that yeah. being said at various large uh, media organizations, but from our experience of it is, um, has been, it's, it's been, it's been enlightening. It's been challenging. Um, but it's also been so soul fulfilling and, but also I would say, is that you can learn so much. So every day I'll get a tweet going like, oh, Pete, this band's getting played too much. Uh, and I'll, yeah. I can, and maybe they might be justified. Uh, and then I'll go, actually, have they got a point? And I might look at it and go, actually, they probably haven't been played too much. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I just kind of need to tweak that. And so that, that direct connection, I think, is what di- is the real big point of difference between us. Uh, and I guess other media organizations, if any of our members, if anyone is unhappy with something, yep. our, our, our lines are open and they can they can get in touch and they can voice their concerns. But also, you know, we'll see them at events like the General Mayhem and we have other events around the year. And very often I'll I'll have conversations with various of the members who come up and we'll, you know, they'll voice some concerns going, I'm not too sure about this, you know, in terms of the direction of the station. Is it is it the best thing? But having that dialogue with them exactly. is 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 paramount. But also, you get to learn so much. But also, what, what what we have really learned: there's nothing to be afraid of. Like, there's genuinely nothing to be afraid of. And it's like get out of your echo chamber and yeah. listen to what people are telling you. So we always try and uh, every step of the way make sure that everything we do is to the benefit uh, of the people uh, that are there. Um, our yeah. biggest challenge is 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 like anyone else. I think it's just trying to bring people into that because it's like you know yeah you know pay motherfucker because <laughs> that's what a lot of people because that's what a lot of people see is that you know it's the first thing they see and they're like oh yeah pay fuck you i think the real people though but i mean i love how organic it is and and this really floats my boat the, the way it's all set up but like yeah. you know you get some people who are like want something for nothing that's the problem that mentality of like you said earlier just trying to change the that look on if you want something specific nine times out of ten you've got to pay for that and 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 this shouldn't be a luxury but it kind of is and i would rather put money towards something i'm passionate about than not and and keep pressing that station and trying to hopefully find a song that i like you know, you know what I mean? I, so I think I, this I, is where I have a hope where after 20 years of the uh, digitization of not just music, but everything, I think people are seeing the value in the things they love again, because yeah. I'm not going to lie. So I'm, I'm 32. I grew up when LimeWire was a thing. And I just grew up in that time where like, I didn't even know it was really wrong to do it. Right. And, you know, I downloaded Linkin Park versus Jay-Z dot E-X-E. And yes, it fucked up my computer. (laughs) (laughs) I was right there in 2003 and I did it. And I kind of grew up. And then over time, 
yeah, have realized that, um, you know, that and many other things, uh, we need to put value back into music. So you, th- you see things like us, but also you see things like the Patreons that are, 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 are cropping yeah, up sure. everywhere uh, and various fan clubs, stuff like that. You see the absolute resurgence in vinyl. Um, yeah. Where people are willing to, you know, put their money back into into value again. So I think for me, yeah, people are putting the idea of value in terms of because um, previously it'd be like, oh, there's no value in an MP3 or a bit of music. But actually, I think people are really seeing the value in that now. Um, it's just how it's being borne out. So yeah, whether it is a Patreon or a radio station, I think our relationship with music is sort of changing again. Um, but hopefully in the better because generally speaking i don't come across too many people now uh particularly in the music world if it be just at a gig or whatever who go oh yeah i'm just gonna nick all this band's music at the very bare minimum they're paying for a spotify subscription so yep. it's at least something you know i i know i know and i'm sure you guys know it's yes it's very very little but it's a mindset change i think most importantly um so i hope that that can continue is that you know putting the value back into things I agree, brother, totally. Go on, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to agree. I think if you want to be part of something, whether whatever it is, whether it, it is music, I mean, we've got so many friends who are part of your community anyway. Um, and the good thing is they are solid foot soldiers, I call them, because they will passionately tell everybody why aren't you part of it um ignore the money side of it do you know what i mean it's like me personally um i have enjoyment and i i I genuinely pay for them whether it's like wrestling or whatever i'll pay my subscription to those those channels like you know and i know what i'm getting for that then i can go on my forums and i do the geeky stuff and talk about whatever but it's exactly the same with music if if, if, if it's what you feel passionate about, and especially like a lot of the, the people that I know, they go, whether it's to the events, but they'll also go to your downloads. They'll also go to your more independent shows. Um, so it is that community. Um, plus, they get to listen to a radio show that plays bands. Like I said, that pretty much other people might not tend to, to put on this. Or... Yeah, that's, again, it's the, it's the beauty of it is that we can we can take those risks and i'm sure you guys will know just how hard it is to get your song on radio um it's so so difficult and uh i think emma scott covered that really well in your podcast where she was yeah. talking about the 30 second cutoff and it's a thing i mean and, and i've and i've seen it firsthand as well if your chorus doesn't kick in by 32 seconds it's like so it's really hard um some of the tracks that we've had on playlist i mean we had a band Probably one of our most popular tracks maybe a couple of years ago was the band Wardruna, who are a Norwegian folk band. And it was a nine minute like epic from like basically that would appear on a TV show like Vikings. Um, but again, we took the risk and the fam, they they absolutely loved it. So we do get to afford that risk. That and the, I guess the other nice thing, we don't have the adverts. So, yeah, that's always that's always a nice thing. Um, but, yeah, on the community side thing, it is. It's like, yeah, you value your wrestling um and uh and 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 various other subscriptions so it's just about giving people that value as well and go right what do you value cool right we're going to do that for you and we'll keep delivering for you you know week in week out um of course you you constantly learn and things change over time going okay i think it kind of like um yeah again i I, with with the with the band thing i think there's there's so many great analogies here it's like as you grow as a band you know you're not going okay well we think yeah, our first album sounded like this, but maybe we don't want it to sound exactly the same. So what we're doing now also isn't exactly what we were doing mm. five years ago, but the principle remains the same. 
yeah. uh, at the heart of it about what we're doing. And the you know the real core of it is to you know, our, our mission statement, if you will, when we started a whole was to was to serve the rock and metal community. Um, that that flat out was it. Uh, and Ooh, so yeah. Uh, and 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 that's it. And and it comes in different guises, um, but that's what we can continue to do. And uh, although it's been, yeah, it's been it's been tough, but it's been it's been a lot of fun at the same time. It's it's been like nothing I've ever done in in my life. Yeah. So how how many years have we been with Primordial? Twenty seventeen, we started officially the radio. Like so, I think there was sort of flitters of ideas at late twenty sixteen. But I say our, our official start was September 2017, was when we first started broadcasting. Wow, man. Congrats, man. That's brilliant. And it's only getting stronger. Um, the link up there, guys, if you want to um, subscribe. It's over 2,000 members now, Pete? Yeah, so we're over 2,000, um, of which uh, 1,700 uh, are paying. And then you know, we've got about 30,000 across social. Uh, you know, we're doing stuff on YouTube and stuff like that now. And like you're sort of building up the Instagram. So I think we're trying to sort of strike a balance a little bit where we're you know, doing a little bit of free stuff here and there. So maybe there's like a little bit more, you know, a few more snippets on YouTube. So folks can kind of like get a little taste of us. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, th- th- then we'll sort of kind of like when you go into to a shop, right? You know, we'll we get, yeah, we'll give you the cheese sampler. And then it's like, right, we'll get, we'll get you hooked. We'll get you hooked, and then you know we're going to charge you all the money. <laughs> then you're going to walk away with all the cheese, right? <laughs> you only got to say cheese to Ronnie and Dave; they'd be all over. Oh, Although, just remember, just because you're talking like uh, Ronnie, you said about um, the fact that uh, some of the your fans are connected and a part of the radio station. There's actually like relations as well. So we have a member, Jonathan Wingchurch, who is related to David. I can't remember if he's. I think he's his uncle. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So wow. one of our members, Jonathan Winchurch, he's been with us for for years. I'm pretty sure he's David's uncle. Wow! Oh, we'll ask him that. He probably, yeah. He, well, he, I'm sure he'll authorize it. I think he's off somewhere a second, but yeah, he will <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah, not mate. Honestly, there's so many people I know. Um, like I received texts today, you know, telling me to say stuff online to to kind of wind you up and stuff. But I love that. Oh, go for it. It was the fan Well, Mike Davis, mate. He's a, he's a he's a. Oh, the Emperor guy. of South Wales. There, you go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> he said, uh, literally mention my name, and he will call me the Emperor of South Wales. So like, that came uh, about right because so Mike Davis is one of uh one of the members of the community and. And uh, we did a lot of streams over uh, lockdown in Twitch. And um, uh, we, it, uh, we were doing like, uh, we got the fam to send in various, uh, uh, sub, uh, it was like demos of bands they've been in. Because, the, yeah, there's the, the amazing thing about the, the, the community is that there is um, there are so many talented individuals within the community. I think the most mind-blowing one recently, you know, um, there was that story that broke about uh, another about a week or two ago about um, was it nuclear fusion that they're figuring out how to get uh, the nuclear fusion energy. One of the scientists of that is one of the members of our community, which just and, and I was watching her on BBC going, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like it. that blew my mind. But Mike Davis, we we were chatting about stuff uh, on the stream. And he kept sending in these these demos. He was like, "Oh, well, this was this band we supported Funeral for a Friend." Oh, this is this band we supported Dub War. Oh, this is this band we supported. You. Yeah. I was like, "You're the freaking Emperor of South Wales, man!" I swear, <laughs> bands. He, he's done it all down in South Wales. He's done it all. So yeah, Mike Davis is the absolute Emperor of South Wales. <laughs> Which I owe him because he gave me a, a copy of Pewa 
uh, back in the day, which was three colours red, and that's how I got into them. So, oh, wow. wow. Yeah, and, like, I, I always see him posting about your playlists and everything, and that's that's kind of what got me gripped because I could see how how versatile it is. Like you said, there's just how many bands that you will play, and there's some on there where even my head will turn and go, fuck, they're playing them, are they? Um, and yeah, that's a cool yeah. thing, like, you know? So, yeah, and I guess in almost in a simple way we're i guess we're a little bit like your spotify playlist on shuffle because i i don't know about you but i feel like when you speak to a lot of people today about like their personal music taste they'll say yeah you know it's really fucked up now like i'll listen to to this or to that but there isn't i'm not and certainly outside of our world i haven't seen a radio station that's been like it's always much more defined so we are kind of a little bit on shuffle uh, at times and that actually too fair and i can totally get it it can be jarring even to to me uh at times because you the, there are sudden shifts i think today the biggest shift we saw i think phil beddo uh, was tweeting about it earlier one of our members he was saying um from arch enemy to punk rock factory uh <laughs> you know only on, on on primordial so you're going from literally melodic death metal to a, a parody punk rock band yeah. um so at times that can get jarring and um uh, and I, so I could totally get that. It probably is. It probably is it's, to a certain amount to our detriment because we probably could tighten up uh, a bit and you know keep people happy. But we still like that. that like to have the diversity. I would say if you're ever going to listen, if you're new to Primordial, you're ever just going to listen, and you come in on a Friday, just just be wary of Fridays because um, again, <laughs> this is something that I don't think any radio station has ever done before. So Fridays is called Free Spin Friday. And it starts at 7 o'clock in the morning and runs until 6 p.m. Every single song is a listener request. And uh, there is no um, sort of curation in a sense. It is just like 2,000 2000 members go just... Uh, into the yeah. pot and so yeah it's it's 11 hours of requests wow. all day. now that can go <laughs> now that you know like when you're you know back in the day you go to a house party you, yeah everyone's changing the ogs cord and it's like <laughs> it's like that yeah free spin friday is a little bit like that but it's it's good fun it's good fun that's <laughs> Bloody! How how did you get to this point was this something that you always wanted to do um were, were you that guy in school uh, you know constantly recording or uh yes yeah so i guess my earliest memory of rock music was flicking on kerrang tv back in the day to be fair they're probably still playing it i i try not to make that dig but i think it's just become apparent oh, to everyone in the scene now um but no it was papa roach's last resort and it kicked in, you know, cut my life into pieces. And I was just, I think I was about 10 or 11. I was like, oh my God, what the hell was that? And then you also had bands like uh, Slipknot coming out with Wait and Bleed. And then there was Limp Bizkit. And then there was wrestling as well. Now, I know obviously you love your, your, your wrestling, Ronnie. So for me, I was so into wrestling for a good sort of five, six years. I, I have kind of fallen out with it. Not because I don't like wrestling, I think just because... Yeah, don't say because you grew up already. <laughs> no, no, God, no. If anything, it's um, it's the time zones and stuff. Yeah, uh, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, uh, I used to tape it on VHS, and my first my first uh, wrestling uh, show that I taped was the Royal Rumble 2000, if you remember that, with uh, Rikishi and Scotty Duarte doing the dance, and oh, uh, Cactus man. Jack had his uh, pin tacks at the back, and uh, but linked to all of that was rock music, uh, and so that was like my gateway in. 
and then I was also a skater as well. So um, I was really into skateboarding and I, I skated for a good six or seven years and nearly got a sponsorship um, at one point when I was about 16 years old. Wow. Uh, and then I kind of tailed off more into music. Um, so when I got to college, so at, at school, I did, when I was at school, I, I didn't really enjoy school too much. Um, I got a little bit better towards like year 10, 11. Um, but I, 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 I was sort of finding my feet going like, what, what did I enjoy? So I actually ended up doing okay just at the back end of school. But um, I kind of struggled a little bit because in the town that I grew up, you're being into rock music, you get, you know, Grebo and like all of the usual bullshit. Um, but I had like a good core of mates. So we were definitely like, you know, the, the, the skater crew and all that. So it was quite tribal. Like when I grew up, it was very, very tribal, like listening to rock music. And I think that like formed a big part of my personality back then. And then, so when I got to college, uh, I, I went off to study multimedia as everybody did in 2005. <laughs> and I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, so I just kind of went off and went to college and thought, right, let's just try and figure it out. Probably one of the best things I did because I got to learn Photoshop, uh, which is like where I spend about 90% of my time yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but through that, I ended up realizing that, yeah, I really, um, I knew that all I wanted to do, it, regardless of where I ended up, it just had to be something to do with music because I'd also gotten into drumming at that point. Um, and a big turning point for, for my life was I met Nico McBrain uh, when I was uh, 16. And I was, yeah, as I said, I was at college. I didn't really know what I wanted to do in my life, but I just wanted to do something with music. And so I went to one of these drum clinics. It was actually in Manchester. My dad took me. And I was so blown away by Nico, not just because he was an amazing drummer. And, and I'm sure if you guys have ever met him over the years, but man that's a guy that light up lights up the room mm. nico's personality is larger than life and his stories and everything and um and it actually led to me <laughs> so i had two fake ids when i was 16 and uh, i used them to to get some tattoos one of which was this iron maiden one uh, <laughs> now i don't regret getting this iron maiden tattoo at all I, it, it could it. look better so i got the drumsticks and maiden I'm gonna get it properly sorted out one day. Um, oh, I'll leave I'll it, bro. No, I'll leave it. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll leave it. But I want to get some around. If, if I won't go ever go over it, but I'll I'll, I'll enhance the reasoning right. behind right. it just to make it look good. Um, so yeah, I, I use my fake IDs to um <laughs> to get this tattoo, uh, and then but for me, I walked away with so much inspiration from Nico. Going, you know what? If I am as half as happy as Nico is. I think I'll be I'll be okay in life. Uh, you know, okay, the money thing. You know, yes, it'd be nice to be <laughs> as, as successful as, as Nico. I mean, whatever. But really, actually, what I took from it was going. There's a man who's just enjoying his life, and he's been playing drums even back then. He'd been playing drums in Maiden for about 20, 30 years. Um, and so then, after that, played in loads of different bands as as a drummer. They were all shit, um, <laughs> and I and like I love my mates dearly. We were we were we play with. Although to be fair, the best gig I probably did we supported Heaven's Basement um, cool. uh, at Central Station in Wrexham. Uh, the band uh, the band name was a bit bad though. We were called Son of a Gun, uh, so it was a, it was a bit on the cheesy side, uh, but it was good. So we we supported Heaven's Basement, and then ended up in uni. And as you probably experienced with various bands over the years as well. 
um bands can very easily fall apart uh like keeping a band together is one of the most difficult things particularly in the early days where you're figuring out chemistry and you're also figuring out commitment levels of Mm. certain members and i went through that process about three or four times i think after my fourth band disintegrated um within a couple of years i went oh man i just i just want to get into some rhythm and then I got into radio by like pure chance. So the community radio station uh, in, in Wrexham, Calon FM, uh, was linked to the university, Glendore. Um, and as part of my module course, they said, oh, um, you know, do you want to do like a heavy metal show? I said, oh, yeah, well, yeah, that sounds like fun. I'll give it a go. Um, so I put together this show and they allowed me half an hour at midnight on a Tuesday. And I think the first band I played was Emperor. <laughs> just to make a point <laughs> and, uh, and then they eventually gave me an hour and then a couple of hours and then i got very involved in the local scene in wrexham um connected with a guy called ian shaw promoter uh, booking agent who you guys i'm, I'm probably sure aware, aware of uh, yeah, and yeah. so sort of started um connecting up and, and interviewing bands and then it kind of really snowballed from from there um within six months of that first half an hour show so that that happened i think in like january within six months i was interviewing slasher download it was it was a mental like crazy crazy six months and then it kind of snowballed from there and then i ended up um because i used to um one of the things i used to do was uh i used uh, used to come home after a night out and I used to listen to Johnny Doom's show on Kerrang, the Temple of Doom, uh, on a Friday or a Saturday night. And I used to get home at about midnight, one o'clock, and I'd be licked out. You have to drink in too much, and I'd, I'd just put on, listen to my headphones. And I used to listen to all the, all the new stuff that Johnny was playing on his show. So when I got to meet him at Download Festival, I was like, "Oh my god, it's Johnny Doom!" Uh, and like we just kind of hit it off um, and sort of became friends. I did an internship, um, and then I ended up. Uh, well, basically, once my foot was in the door at Kerrang, um, they, they would have had to surgically remove it. I wasn't leaving. <laughs> I, I was literally Leo from Wolf of Wall Street. Um, yeah, it was Leo, was it? Yeah, going, I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I was in because originally it was supposed to be like a two week internship. I was like, no, fuck off. I'm, I'm here. Uh, and I made brews and everything for uh, a good couple of years and was at Kerrang for a few years. And then after that, uh, yeah, into Team Rock. And then, yeah, I guess, you know, the, the, the rest of sort of history after there. So, yeah, it's it, 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 it was a, a long sort of way, I guess, all through, though. It was just, um, um, I guess, as, as, as cheesy as I might say, it was just always actually, more than anything, I, I, there was just this desire to play good music to people uh, and, yeah. just, and just get music to people. Because I think when we're left to our own devices we fall back into the things that we know we like. Uh, and that's okay. Like I do that. Like, you know, we all do it from time to time. But I kind of feel like musically, we all need a push. We all, we yeah. all need a push to go like, hey, listen to this, you know, get into this uh, to kind of get you out of your own roots. So I guess I've always been that person. It's like, I'm going to get you out of your roots. <laughs> I love that, dude. And, and music for so many people, Crowcast, people saying about, uh, you know, how it's helped them through COVID and stuff. But music in general is literally the savior it can literally yeah. pick you up and even when you feel like shit and you want to you know hear the heavy stuff and 
it lifts you, bro. It does something. And, I, and I, I've said this numerous times. There's something in music that will be scientific. I know it's kind of proven now it lifts people's. But I just think it's going to be later on in life, years down the road. I, I'm talking about the next generation. Music mm. will become part of, and it'll be a necessity as opposed to the government saying, musicians, go and get another job because COVID is it. Like, it's, it's the reason why Nico is so happy. Do you know what I mean? Music has been his life. And he and he's lived and given it to other people, and it's so fucking powerful, dude. And I think if you've got the drive like you have to, and that's your center of attention. Anybody that has music at the center of attention, whether even if they're not going to be a musician or in radio, they're happier. They understand. It's therapeutic. It's your counselor. It's your your bands are your counselors. It's it's so fucking important. And I think it needs to be almost set up in schools differently i think it needs to be investigated upon yeah it's 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 amazing you say that so i've been so lucky over the years as 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 part of all of this i i need to actually sit down one day and build an archive because i think i've interviewed about over a thousand bands at this point Mm. um and 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 through all of those conversations i've learned a great deal um, not just about music but about life and all these various different things and one thing that i've learned over the years uh, is the scandinavians seem to have this uh, set right and set better so there's various schemes um and programs uh, in countries like sweden where rehearsal rooms are free or you either pay for them or you get them as a you get a kickback on it i did a great interview um with speed from soil work about this and he he was talking about the fact that you know the early days of soil work if, if they didn't have that rehearsal room there for free because there was no zoom or anything back then they wouldn't have had anywhere to rehearse because yeah. they didn't have the spare garage or whatever because of course that that's not what not not every not everyone will have the the, the rehearsal space available to them yeah. um and so those things those are the things we don't see. And I think there's probably untold talents that have been lost because they didn't have the the resources there just to get them off the off the ground. There was a, a the, I hope it's still going. There was a rehearsal rooms next door to Central Station back in the day. And we used to literally, you know, pop our heads in and take them from those rehearsal rooms and get them on their first gig supporting a big band. It was, yeah. it was that direct and that was incredible but i do think that yeah things like rehearsal spaces um i think yeah looking at it differently in 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 schools and this is you did one thing that the that we learned from the pandemic as well and i think it's the broader entertainment industry but uh i think it's worth four billion in in the uk like it's one of the biggest sectors i actually feel like a bit more respect for the music industry um yeah. is is needed because the amount of of revenue that music brings because it, it's not just uh, the the gig ticket. In that process, you're going to have a t-shirt printing company. You're, you're going to have crew, sound engineers, lighting engineers. You're also going to have people booking in at hotels, transport, trains, everything. You think about how many different parts of an economy one gig will fuel and it's mm. like, you got damn right you need to give us some more respect, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. And it, so music yeah. is is so hugely powerful in so ways. And I yeah, I'm I'm well with you there. And I think music deserves more respect in this country. It really does. All the arts do. Because you know, it, it's sad you've almost got to put that spin on it, Pete, 
for somebody in 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 power to, to go okay take it seriously because mm. even if we take away all the finances and how much money and and good it does for the economy fuck the soul bro like well that of course if I'm, yeah. if I'm fucking singing a song and nothing has hit harder when I've written and penned a song and it's someone out that I don't even know has message and said shit that is literally like you've just wrote that for me and then there's that connection and then you go to a gig and then there's hundreds of people singing it and and it's not even i think that's a service that is way more powerful service and don't get me wrong i'm not sitting there penning a song to save people's lives i'm just telling my truth and exactly like what you've done with your radio station you've done your passion and people that, that attracts people similar like like-minded people. I guess you could call that like you're investing in humanity. Hundred percent. You're investing in some of the better parts of of humanity because, as we as we know, humanity is uh, yeah, it's a very broad spectrum of, of of good and bad right across the board. So, yeah, but put your money think, into 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 the better things. But I even think the word art, the, the the what that says to people. If you said art, like oh yeah, okay, poncy art. Do you know what I mean? No, but like, it's not art. It's like it's it's the it's the beauty and the fucking sheer evil of shit. That is art, and how you can how you portray that and whatever your art is, whether it be music or it be fucking painting or what have you. But it's well, like just, just sheer expression. I think, and this is the amazing thing about exactly. it is that you can you can take that right back to you know, as far back as a hundred thousand years when we decided to scribble things on caves why yeah. on earth did we even decide to do that back in the day because we must have felt something our ancestors it's, must have felt something about the world back then to go it's to tell this their is story. important to note <laughs> yeah it's to tell their story and 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 i think that's all people crave for sometimes if they're going through shit or they're happy telling their story and experiencing it and, and sharing it with other people that is fucking it and I think this, you know, it's all very well jumping on the, um, and being corporate and, and trying to find money and monetize it. Of course it is. That's kind of sadly the way the fucking world. But I think if it starts in a new program with kids and schools, everyone's growing up healthier, happier, and then go and earn a shitload of money. But do you know what I mean? It's like, it's not paramount right now. It's an almost, it's a hobby. It's something you like doing. No, it is far fucking more important than that. It is literally our soul. It's like, it's what gets Absolutely. you up Absolutely, and that's always one of my biggest concerns, I think, with with, with, with bands today. So one thing I always try and do um, with bands as because you get to, because as time goes on, you you build relationships with with bands. So if I played a band five years ago, they're they're in a much different place to where they are now. Exactly yeah. like with you guys, yeah. Um, and and so one thing I always try and keep an eye on with with bands is making sure that right you know, try and make sure that you can take those those right steps because I know that it's every band's desire for it to just be their living. That's the main thing I hear more than anything now. There's uh I think there's a misconception about about bands because you know back in the day it was like I want to be a rock star and be a millionaire. Speak to yeah. any band now, it's like I, I want to pay the rent. I want to pay the rent and I just want to be able to do my arts. Like that's that's it. So in my mind you're talking there, like that's bare minimum stuff. You know, yeah. just paying paying rent, that's bare minimum. Yes, everyone you know, we should we should you should deserve a living out of this. We should all deserve uh, you know, you put the hard work into it. You should definitely yeah. deserve a link out of it, but that, that, it comes back to the value thing. Exactly. Um, and I think this is why you know it, it's so, so important 
for every step of the way, wherever anybody in, in any part of the music world, but us as fans too, recognize value. And if you and if you truly value something, put your money in your pocket. I think I heard you say earlier that I'm not doing the streams. I'm going to the cinema. You know, yeah. Cineworld are doing three quid tickets now. I mean, what more can can they yeah. do for you? Yeah. You know, Fuck, to, I didn't to... know that. That's yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's Cineworld Fridays or something. I saw some incredible. That's yeah. Incredible. Um, so obviously, it's so this is where it's not so much of a music thing, right? This is a societal thing that's happened over the past twenty years. So it's it's music, it's film. Um, there are some industries that seem to got away with it, like the gaming industry. Like they seem to have pulled a blinder. Like everyone's like, yeah, I'll, not only will I pay for the game, I'm going to pay for all of the, you know, the extra guns in Call of Duty and the skins yeah. and everything. <laughs> and there's, there's all of that in there. So um, I, I think there's, there is so much room um, for us within the music world uh, to rebuild what was lost, but in different ways. And, 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 and I'm not saying that's like go out and buy CDs because you know if you love CDs that's great that's fantastic but you know we have a whole generation of people now who've just never connected with CDs so we have to offer them something different but we have to find ways to connect with people and this is why I think you know things like these live podcasts uh, Twitch the Patreons all of that sort of thing um, are so good uh, because it gives an opportunity ultimately for you know people like 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 myself and and yourselves uh, as 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 a band not just to survive but to thrive because mm, yeah. as this all goes on you'll want to yeah you'll want to get you have you be able to pay your mortgage and you do this and that and maybe enjoy a holiday <laughs> nothing even extravagant right yeah but just live a a fairly good life and yeah i think that definitely got lost so i'm i'm all for trying to rebuild that back um and any ways we can try and get that message across to people, um, you know, I'm all for. I think it's just it's getting people over the sticker shock a little bit because everyone's been so used to free for 20 years. Um, we so. kind of have to just... we, we have to rebuild back, um, you know, slowly think... but surely. But I do think it's getting there. I think you just said, Donny, then, man, the, the 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 generation we're in now and the, and the era we're in, you can start a podcast or you have a community yourself. So everything's a lot more transparent now. Um, mm-hmm. Like you know, the way you guys are talking then is perfect, and everybody gets that insight into it. So nothing is, nothing screened or nothing is cleaned up. Like oh, you can't discuss this, you can't do that, you can't. So everything now is just general chat, and the fact of like Twitch and other, other you know places for people to go and get information on. I mean that that was a great thing about the the lockdown was I discovered so much about what's going on. Like, you know, I, I had to look more at what was going on in my own house with what the kids were watching and stuff. And everything mm. is there for you now. And it's just incredible how that info is free. Like, do you know what I mean? Or the insight is there, which kind of pulls the curtain back and shows you the reality of the situation, like, you know? so Well, you look at some of the biggest success stories and uh, a lot of it, you know, will be independent folks your know, influences uh the the ones that are really succeeding aren't necessarily yes the big media organizations can do it but people are starting up you know youtube channels twitch channels from their bedrooms and just with this yeah. sheer willpower um they are eclipsing um some of these media organizations why is that it's because what they're offering is genuine and authentic 
Um, yeah. And that's something that which people will really connect to. So I guess it's not even so much about the money in that sense. It's it's more about offering something that, that people really, again, really want and really value. Um, well, I think I'd be really good at not interviewing you guys or like asking you guys through questions. But Roddy, you just uh, you said there about, about lockdown and, and how it rejigged things. Did it sort of fundamentally change the way that you operated and thought about the way that you will succeed as a band because i guess avenues of revenue for a band is like right we'll tour we'll make some merch and you know maybe we'll get a bit out of the royalties and that might might be it but i kind of feel like from a band's point of view now there must be so many other different avenues you can look at and go wow um we could do this we could do this and we could do this it's funny enough, Shane, like, I, I can't say what it is at the moment, but like Shane said the other day, an idea, we were just chatting, weren't we, in, in our in our HQ, and, and it was a case of he had another idea off the back of this, um, because a lot of people have really resonated with Crowcast, like, do you know what I mean? And mm. the whole point of this was a shitty time, let's learn how to do this, because um, to some people it's quite simple, but to us it was like, let's set it up, let's work it out. There were a little few kinks. Then all of a sudden it was that, yet again, curtain back, use, use our lives. This is kind of what we're going through. Um, a lot of bands didn't want to do that, which was fair enough. We decided to get, whether it be, well, pissed certain Tuesdays, and then we start chatting to people, and then you're getting an insight to their lives and the hard. And I, I think a lot of people didn't realise how hard it was um, for musicians, for actors, actresses, whoever it would have been at that point, how hard it was and their journey to get to that point. And like you just said then of um, the struggles of the arts and all we wanted was to make a living. That is that is the truth, like, you know, that's any band's truth. But off the back of this, off the back of um, the last record, off the back of our community, which kind of like we got on the back of a van didn't we and and we just went for a shane and and we played anywhere mate i mean there's promoters we speak to now and they'll they'll probably say it themselves that we got in a van which i only realized was about four years ago and basically played for free um mm. yeah people are like oh my god that was incredible and you're starting to pull the crowds in but we we pay well we actually probably paid to play because by the time we rented a van um took time off work traveled petrol in and and i'm not i'm not giving a small violin because there's bands out there right now doing it like you know and, mm-hmm. and i think we just we just put money at the back of our minds and just focused on enjoying what we were doing in that moment and um you know whether I think someone... that's great advice for any young band starting up is don't worry about the money early doors like enjoy it first and then and then worry about the money later Totally. Yeah. I, I mean, we know bands now. I don't want to. I wouldn't put them under the bus, but they'll they'll earn say hundred quid or hundred and fifty pound, and they'll go straight to the bar and drink it. And that and fair play, rock and roll, and 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 get you know enjoy that night. I don't want to be the dad and say you should put that hundred and fifty pound back into your band because mm-hmm. you know that hundred and fifty pound could buy you some t shirts. And if the fans like you, they will buy the merch, and then you'll buy more merch, and and that's how it, it kind of starts, you know. So I think that's kind of how we. We, we worked, didn't we, Shane? And we just, same as, you know, exactly the same. I think that's why Shane resonated at the top top of the show. It was the case of if you build that community and you keep it, you keep it strong, they will look after you and you try and look after them. And I think that's what we did. Uh, a lot of people thought that Crowcast wasn't the right move. Um, but in my eyes, I think it was always the right move because it was the case of we wanted to stay active and we wanted to, we wanted to keep people in touch and we wanted to know how people were doing and if you build that community you don't shut down that that communication like you know you guys don't 
I think it's been a great insight into life as a band as well, though, because I think, yeah, for many as 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 fans who, and I sometimes forget what that's like myself because I'm so connected to this world, but what it's like just to be a fan where you don't know what a 360 is or, you know, riders and tech riders and all the bollocks behind the scenes, right? You kind of forget what it's like just to be a fan and so they don't know all this back stuff. But actually, it can be good to know a little bit, a little bit of that stuff, so you can kind of understand the fundamentals of it, how it works. But I think really the beauty of Crowcast is it's kept you, it's kept you connected um, to to your community, to your fans. And I definitely saw lots of bands who did do that, who kind of sort of you know dropped off the face of the earth, and and, and they're still kind of dropped off the face of the earth a little bit. So I think you definitely made the right move, my, John, right the, move the in starting Crowcast. The, the truth is, and I'm probably saying the same story, but Shane will, Shane will jump in if I'm wrong. Um, when, when when everything was going to shit, we were there going, no, um, you know, we got we got to do this and we got to do that. And we're quite a, a good band of brainstorming. Everybody comes up with ideas. So when we were being told, no, you can't do that, we were like, yeah, we can. Like, um, And then obviously it has happened. Like we talked about having beers and that's got over the line. It took a bit of time. It took the right right amount of time. But then we worked with local businesses. I mean, at the right time during COVID as well, when they needed a bit of help, um, coffee, local businesses, uh, chili sauce. So it's all branded, but it's still all that kind of roots to where, where we mm-hmm. come from. And we... We genuinely were part of the process on that as well, weren't we, Shane? It's not like a control thing, but it was almost like to put our name to it, we had to like it ourselves, or we had to to make sure that we were part of that process. And we would tell everybody on Crowcast about that. And I don't think enough people kind of do that, or that's just the way the world's going to have to shift um, because people are unlocking doors, whether it be podcasts or whether it be um, radio shows, etc., which are more transparent. That just becomes the norm then, where you have to give away more yourself. So, yeah, it has struck a lot of ideas for us and where to take the band in the future, what what we could do off the back of the band. But it's it takes that community to to buy into it, and like you said, like the subscription give us your money or whatever, but you, you do need that. It's a two and a throw. We'll give a bit of that. We need a bit of that. And then we can grow it. And then that becomes yours as well. And it just becomes one beautiful thing. Well, that's like, it. Yeah. And, and obviously, yeah, with the subscription, it's just, it's just, I think it's also like gentle mind going, don't forget every single subscription just helps to keep, keep funding yeah. what we're doing so we can keep bringing it back to you. Have you ever, ch- have you had a chance yet to do like a, Obviously, we're, we're we're live now, but like I mean, like sort of live in a in a in a pub or a venue. You've done like a live, you know, sort of pressing the flesh uh, podcast for for Christ, no. But yeah. when you said earlier, because um, I didn't want to jump on the back and steal the idea, it is fucking great. But when you said like, um, what do you say? Thirty uh, cities in seven days. I think it was about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> my liver didn't <laughs> i tell you why his measures fucking hell i don't know what's in the budget let's go <laughs> but I, 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 I'm, I'm 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 seeing uh primordial meets those down uh, uh primordial meets crowcast live cast in a venue a real cool uh, you know cool pub somewhere you know maybe it's me moose and jews and uh three of you guys uh on stage Maybe we could chat live with with people. Dude, this you know, is over, certainly, over a pint. like there's so many ideas off the back of this, right? And yes, one hundred percent. You go, you go, and you do something because you're not doing what you were supposed to be doing, like going out gigging and stuff. So you do something, 
And something always comes of something. If you do fuck all, nothing comes of it. And it was just an idea to connect with our fans who's been there with us. So it's just connecting with them. We weren't thinking of a bigger scenario, right? Until we got to the point where, hey, it'd be good to get some guests on. Then that door opens. You get some guests on. Then you meet an industry. And then you're talking about that industry. Then they know people. They're putting up on their... And all of a sudden, that network and the community is growing organically. Keep coming back to it. Organically. It's not money orientated it's giving power and, a, and a, a platform for people look at all those wonderful people with their comments there they got a voice bro and they're, they're here every week with us that we love them to bits they come to our shows there's little ditties that we make on this crowcast that like we do live and they get it they know straight away that is so powerful and that is the 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 main reason we do what we do like that drives me it's like what comes next and then, I, like, I can't tell you too much, but the idea you just had there, we were thinking about taking Crowcast on tour. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And, and doing those special, specific things, and then maybe do a little acoustic set, you know. So I don't mm-hmm. want to give too much away. Yeah. That was an idea. But there's other things that have happened now because of this platform, because we have secured a HQ for us. So there's there's lots of stuff in the pipeline. Oh, that's but, exciting. But that's, but that's so... only because, dude, we fucking did something. And it comes back to what when we started this whole conversation and interview with you, you got up your ass, off your ass, dude, and you went and fucking did it. It wasn't about the figures. It wasn't writing down. The business plan came later. First, you had to go and see what you're capable of doing as an individual. And then that shit, the minute you go to the next level... And open that door. You know, nobody knows what the fucking future is going to bring, but at least you're in the moment. You're fucking moving forward. As Dory on Finding Nemo would say, just keep fucking swimming. But without the fucking. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Dory's my idol. Ah, oh, there we go. <laughs> that, I love it. That says it Honestly, fucking all. It's in the start. I used to have that. Um, so before I got the plush. I used to have on the uh, on the wall, like in front of me. So before I moved up to Manchester, I, I lived in a, when I was in London at the very start of Primordial, because uh, yeah, I was flat broke. I was living in a house share with five others. Um, and you did every everything was one room, you know, the bedroom, the studio. Uh, we barely had a living room. So I used to eat in there and I had, and I had the little thing on there. It just said, you know, just keep swimming. You know, just keep swimming. Just, just, just keep going. So yeah, I still have Dory always here as a little reminder. <laughs> I love that. I love the fact you got that. That wasn't planned, folks. That was not scripted. <laughs> and I, and I do think we'll chat about that pub crawl, um, which sounds absolutely brilliant. I, uh, I'm loving that. I'm loving that. A few days on the road, constantly, show after show. Do you know what I mean? And that, that's almost yeah. like a diary then of what are you like on day three or day four. Uh, yeah yeah it was yeah. It, it was like that yeah the, and like the, the first it gets tough <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say, oh. i think i'd have to pace myself a little bit more now because the first couple were, were 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 quite something i have to say um I, I, it was funny actually so um i've been uh we're sort of like rejigging our youtube channel a little bit and uh w- yeah where we started out we just put stuff out and hope for the best and then i was going through back like some of the old contents there and i was like 
Oh, that's actually hilarious, but um, I'm going to make that private, I think. <laughs> that's one for the memories. <laughs> Look, Bert, I mean, it's been a beautiful conversation. I didn't think it was going to take that avenue, but again, you know, you sit there and you, you connect with people, and that was a wonderful conversation, Bert, and, oh. and um, let's do it again sometime, brother. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and... Uh, yeah, again, thank you so much for having me, man. And uh, it's 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 been great to you know to come on and, and and just chat. That is the beauty, I guess, of the of the podcast form is that it's not like a set thing because you know what it's like when all right you're on an interview run. It's like right, you got your ten minutes. Right, we got to get in in this ten minutes because yeah, how it could go a lot for me is like right, you got ten minutes. We got to talk about the new album, the tour, the single. It's like, <laughs> it's a lot to grab in. So yeah. it's really nice just to just to chat. And honestly cannot wait to to have you back in april and and i just want to give a shout out to everyone in the comments i know there's been plenty of the of the primordial family that have come over today but also to all of the crow family as well um i've seen so many comments going it's been like difficult to to keep up with them um but just been after been kind of seeing them on the side and all of the comments have just been yeah so lovely and um yeah it's it's it, it's been it's been a real pleasure a real honor to to be here uh, and if you haven't had a chance to yeah, check out the um, the the PGM which is happening in April. Uh, we would love to see you there. Like we would genuinely love to see you there. I think we're we're coming up seventy percent tickets sold now um, on an eighteen hundred cap venue. Um, so it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a big night. It's gonna be a big big night. Um, and yeah, uh, and I think the fact that you know we. We had you guys play at Primordial Presents at Rebellion in Manchester in 2019. You just did your download show. Mm. And we knew, like, it was so obvious back then. I was just watching. I was like, oh, this, it's, it's, it's going to happen. Obviously, COVID massively got in the way. But to see everything that you have done, despite COVID, you know, from that 400-cap show in, in, in Rebellion, uh, to then, you know, see you, we're going to see a headline in Lincoln to up to 1800 people uh is you know i'll, I'll have a little tear in my eye <laughs> it'll be a beautiful thing it'll be amazing to see um i'd like but i think when it comes to bands and and all of these things like i said earlier always keep an eye on bands it's like seeing your children sort of you know grow and develop and so i'm always yeah. there keeping an eye on things so uh, it's been amazing to see you guys grow the way grow the, the way you have done over the past few years and i've even like uh uh, it might not be on every single comment, but I can guarantee you I'm there every step of the way going, nice one, guys, you no. know, and uh, always there cheering you on. Top, man. Thank you so much, Pete. Hey, keep doing what you're doing, brother. A wonderful thing you got going on there with Primordial. And like I said, we'll do this again. We'll have another chapter. and we'll Absolutely. get Absolutely. Oh, again. very quickly. So what's the name of the new album? You're going to give me the exclusive? Oh, I put him on the yeah. spot now, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, oh, what did you say earlier? <laughs> press the flesh there it there is I've, I've named, <laughs> I've, I've, I've named the new album for those damn crows there's there the exclusive go. everyone <laughs> uh, we'll keep in touch buddy I promise you that alright guys thank you so much take Pleasure. care bye 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 thanks for listening to Crowcast Podcast don't forget this episode is also available to watch on our YouTube channel for up-to-date information on everything Crows, follow us on all our socials or visit our website, thosedamncrows.com. Tidy. Ta-da!